What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the College Underdogs Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Smith. And before I get started officially with today's show and content for today, I just want to let you know, I got some potential big news coming, maybe this week, maybe next week, but I have a contract in my email right now um, that's basically an offer opportunity uh, for this show to join one of the uh, biggest podcasting networks, sports media platforms um, around. So there's some news. And, uh, you know, obviously I have a, an, a, my, my attorney actually is looking over that contract right now. Um, the good news is it's not like going to force any drastic changes. It's, it's kind of a partnership to join a network, but, uh, it's a pretty cool deal. And, uh, that's a testament to you all who support watch, listen, if you're on one of the platforms listening, um, what I'm hoping is that this partnership, once it's done, you know, once, once we've moved forward, will help with the, um, streaming platforms like the Spotify's Apple's Amazon Music's because this network has a very strong presence there and I'm just convinced that if this show can get exposed to more people it it it's going to grow exponentially. I do believe there's a market for the group of 5 mid-major, you know, fan bases, uh, particularly the American Athletic Conference and anyways, I I just Letting you know that is a pretty exciting update right now. Um, who is it? When is it? Da, 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 da. As soon as I'm like, as soon as stuff is, is, is um, you know, signed, sealed, delivered, and official, obviously I'll make sure to announce it and all that. I'll tell you the whole story on this channel to let you know. But um, this is pretty cool, I feel like. And uh, I think it, I think that it seems like an opportunity that could really help grow this show, man. And just, Looking at the growth in the last 90 days, I mean, I don't even think the show's officially 90 days old yet. Uh, we just officially launched this one in August. But yeah, man. So there's your an update on the College Underdogs podcast. Really looking forward to uh, moving along in this process and then continuing to keep you updated. But as always, man, thank you so much for your support. If you're watching right now, if you're listening right now, I, I probably don't say it enough. Sometimes I feel like when I talk about this stuff, I'm wasting too much time on the show. But um, yeah, man, I, I, it's, it's been a heck of a journey and I'm just forever grateful and, and appreciative of those of you that support, those of you that comment, um, you know, that regularly comment and engage and give your thoughts, give your two cents. In fact, one of the topics for today's show is responding to a comment um, that I happened to see uh, yesterday evening. I don't have the screenshot of it, um, but I do have what the question was because the question sent me into a little bit of a research tailspin. But um, before I get to that, I want to talk some college hoops for just a second. First off, tonight, SMU has a huge matchup with a number 13 ranked A&M Aggie team. I don't really know what the Aggies have. I know with Buzz out there, Coach Buzz, um, you know, he's a heck of a coach. I saw him speak uh, at a um, coach's clinic 
oh, about six or seven years ago. And uh, man, it was actually an early bird session. So he was up there at like 6 a.m. in a classroom or it wasn't a classroom. It was a meeting room at like a hotel. And uh, man, he went through a whole spiel, answered everybody's questions. And I just, I thought it was pretty cool. This was in, I think he was still at Virginia Tech. Uh, when he gave that speech or gave that, did that, held that discussion. I thought it was kind of cool. He went with a bunch of high school coaches at 6 a.m. Anyways, uh, they're up against SMU. This is a big opportunity for SMU, big opportunity for the conference. Um, You talk about getting more than two bids, right? Getting more than two tournament bids. It's games like these that could uh, help flip that, help, 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 you know, move that needle in terms of getting more teams in. Um, and yeah, I wanted to just mention too, you know, the AP Top 25 came out yesterday and for basketball and, you know, how did Memphis get snubbed out of this? How did Colorado get in the top 25 over Memphis? Now, is the AP basketball poll the end-all be-all for anything? No, but as much as we like to say it doesn't matter, I do think when a team spends a significant amount of time in the top 25 throughout the course of the season, it does help them come selection Sunday in March. Whether we want to admit it or not, I just think the perception of it, having that little number next to your name throughout the course of the basketball season. And so I do think Memphis got snubbed. I think Memphis is going to have an, you know, they're going to have plenty of opportunities coming up, especially with Michigan on the horizon. But, you know, Memphis goes to Missouri, completely dominates them. Now, that first half was a little, you know, it was almost like they were still kind of shaking some cobwebs out. Second half, they came in and absolutely ran them out of the building, dominated them, an SEC team. Meanwhile, Colorado, they played Towson, and then both both teams played a, a SWAC team, um, with I think Memphis playing Jackson State and Colorado playing Grambling. So if those two were to wash each other out, who was the next games against? Well, Colorado's also played Towson and Memphis played Mizzou at Mizzou and dominated them. How someone make that make sense to me? Make that make sense. How is Memphis not in the top 25 right now? And I, I feel like it's important for them to get in there with FAU. Because that's going to be good for the conference overall. I think if you have two teams in the conference that can stay in the top 25 throughout the course of the season, not only does that help the conference as far as just from an optic standpoint, but even from an in-conference play standpoint, when you talk about getting multi, a multi-team bid conference, you need multiple teams ranked in order to make your conference play mean something. So... I thought that was ridiculous, personally. I'm curious to know your thoughts, if you're a Memphis fan or just a fan of the conference. I mean, even if you don't like Memphis, like you have to admit that like their basketball team deserves to be in the top 25 at this point, if you're going to put Colorado in there. Now, James Madison is also in there. I get that. Shoot, they upset a top five team at that top five team. So I'm not, I'm not mad at that one. In fact, I got my sight set on JMU for the AAC personally. I don't know if that can happen. I don't really know what the deal is right now with AAC getting Sunbelt teams with Sunbelt and the ES, both both having that ESPN Plus package or whatever. But 
I, yeah, I, I don't know why Memphis. Uh, Temple's playing tonight as well. And there's a couple other games, but Temple caught my attention. Is it, I think, Drexel? So Temple's 2-0. and I'm holding out hope for temp, Temple hoops, man. Uh, I really like the coach they have in there. Still a lot of season to be played. Still, you know, need to be tested as the season plays out. And we'll see what this team really is. But, man, just talking to is it Coach Fisher at AAC Media Days, he just really seemed like he had an understanding of what that program needs to be successful. And, uh, I mean, time's going to tell. But I do think the conference only stands to benefit from having a strong Temple basketball brand. Um, but speaking of Memphis, as I just mentioned, we got the battle for Atlantis coming up next week. I'll probably talk more about that on, on next week's uh, early week shows. Uh, they got their matchup with Michigan. Here's what I'm hoping for the battle, of, battle for Atlantis. Uh, there's two things I think benefit. Two things that would benefit the conference and then one thing that would benefit me personally. So three things. First thing, Memphis winning the battle for Atlantis would be great, would be awesome. And they would definitely be a top 25 team. Um, and that would be a great look for the American Conference. Second thing, Northern Illinois is in the battle for Atlantis. They tip off their first round matchup, I think, I think is against North Carolina. I'd love to see them get some upsets. Who knows? I'd love to see them in a perfect world scenario. I'd love to see Northern Iowa play Memphis for the championship of the, in, in the battle for Atlantis. And here's why. Because the better UNI plays, the more it helps UNT. So again, do I think they're going to do that? No, they're probably going to get ran out of the gym by North Carolina to start that tournament. Um, I, I had to double check. Like, Is that accurate that they're in it um, because some of the other teams that are in that tournament got it pulled up here. Let me see. Yeah, they got North Carolina. And so you've got the top of the bracket is UNC, UNI, Villanova, Texas Tech. Then you've got Michigan, Memphis, and then Arkansas, Stanford. And that obviously leads me to this, the third thing, which was for me, which is I would love to get a Memphis-Arkansas basketball matchup simply because like that to me, you know, seeing some of those matchups growing up in the 90s, that was some of the most fun basketball. Uh, could I, I believe that could really have evolved and, and continued to be a strong basketball rivalry between those two programs, but it's kind of just fizzled out. So anyways, that's kind of my quick basketball update for today. So now getting to the next topic for today's show. It's actually a comment that I saw yesterday. Someone had asked about Toledo. All right. Um, you know, they're 9-1 and one in the MAC. Their one loss coming to Illinois, a two-point loss week one of the season. Do they have a chance? at getting in the New Year's Six. You know, yesterday I talked through the different scenarios for the top four American conference teams of basically what needs to happen for each of them to get in at this point in the season, right? You know, Tulane just needing to win out. And really with what's happening in the Mountain West, same for SMU and or Memphis, but then UTSA, three losses, not likely, but not impossible. 
So I was kind of charting a path for how the dominoes needed to fall for UTSA to get that, to get that New Year's six bid. And um, so anyways, I saw that about Toledo and I thought, okay, well, that's fair. They're nine and one. Uh, They haven't really been in a lot of these discussions, but what needs to happen for them? And this is essentially what I came up with. So for Toledo to get the New Year's six bid and for the Mac to get it for the second time since it's their second time, their first and only time was 2016. Remember that was the Western Michigan. They played Wisconsin in the Cotton Bowl, I believe. That was PJ Flex last season at Western Michigan. Um, but I think Boise State, and I say this is a coverall for for uh, even a UTSA. I didn't think about this till I started looking into it from Toledo's perspective, but Boise State can still win the Mountain West with five losses. If they beat, if they win this weekend and then they beat Air Force in their season finale, they're in the conference championship game. I believe. If they win the next two, yeah, if they win the next two, they would have the tiebreaker over Air Force and they would be in and they could potentially win the Mountain West with five losses. There's a lot of teams that could benefit from the Mountain West Conference champion having five losses. Okay, UTSA is one of them. Liberty is one of them. Toledo is one of them. Two-loss SMU, two-loss Memphis are two, two more of them. So Boise winning the Mountain West with five losses. Okay, and then this is where I kind of tried to like map out what else needs to happen from the AAC side for Toledo to get in? And this is what I had came up with is that Tulane needs to lose to FAU this weekend. Okay. UTSA then needs to win the conference with three losses, but without getting a ranked win in the process. See, yesterday when I was charting UTSA's path to the New Year's Six, it was them getting a ranked win over Tulane and possibly a ranked win over SMU was what I had laid out. Okay, but if Tulane were to lose this weekend to FAU, they would no longer be ranked. That takes a little bit of the shine off of that matchup that UTSA would have. So, so and again, guys, Relax. I'm talking about a hypothetical or not like, like what needs to happen for Toledo to get in. So that's what would need to happen is Tulane. I think would need to lose the FAU UTSA UTSA wins with three losses without getting a ranked matchup. Liberty needs to lose a game and then JMU needs to stay ineligible and not get a waiver. If JMU gets that waiver, I'm not so sure if they went out, they don't leapfrog into that New Year's Six spot. But I think them getting a waiver is is a bit of a, might be a bit of a reach at this point. So if you're following along at home, Boise winning the Mountain West and they would win it with five losses. Tulane losing to FAU. UTSA winning the AAC with three losses um, without getting a ranked win. Liberty losing a game so that you don't, for sure, you have no undefeated. Um, you have no undefeated G5 conference champions, and then JMU staying ineligible. I feel like that those dominoes falling that way 
as likely or unlikely as that may be, that could put Toledo in the New Year Six. So thank you for that question. And then the last thing I wanted to look at is the bowl eligibility conversation I was talking about last week. And I was talking about the American Conference. What's the best case scenario? Best case scenario I had come up last week was seven total bowl eligible teams all getting a bid. And then one of those being the New Year Six. Um, now, last week when I was talking about it, UAB was that seventh team. Well, they're out of it now. So Navy is now that seventh team. Navy needs to beat, I think it's ECU and Army because sandwiched in there is SMU. And for the sake of the New Year's Six bid, we do not want SMU to, to, to lose to Navy. But if Navy can get in, if USF can get in there, USF needs to win there. You know, obviously they've got UTSA Friday night. And I'm not like, I'm not marking that just as an L. Don't get me wrong. But what I'm saying for the sake of the conference, it would be better if UTSA wins that game and then USF beats Charlotte to close the season and get their bowl eligibility. Um, and then, of course, either Rice or FAU are going to finish the season with six wins in bowl eligibility. And then I know some of you had mentioned, uh, one person had said last week on that episode that, that Rice at five and seven would get a bowl bid, um, which is fair. Uh, but I'm mostly looking at, at six win bowl eligibility. So, and then really, if you want to talk Liberty, you literally could take that exact same scenario. How could a Liberty get the new year six bid? Just take that exact same scenario. I just laid out. Sorry. I, I know I just went backwards again, but I saw it here on my notes, but Liberty finishing out undefeated. Right, So the same scenario I laid out for Toledo, Liberty finishing undefeated, they may very well get that New Year's Six bid. Okay, sorry. Uh, ball eligibility. So that's for the AAC. Uh, the Mountain West Conference right now, they still have eight teams that have a chance that are, that are in the hunt for ball eligibility. The Sunbelt Conference, man. And this is including JMU, even though they're ineligible, but they got 11 teams. If you take JMU out of that, that's 10 teams that... that will have the bowl eligibility requirement. That doesn't mean they're all going to get bids, but I mean, that's, it's pretty stout. And then of course the conference USA is looking at four teams, um, which that also is what's helping what's, what's hurting Liberty. So let me know your thoughts on that Toledo Liberty. I mean, they are kind of just hanging around, right? And again, if Tulane wins, they're in. And the reason why I say that, because somebody else put that, that, they're, that someone else had commented yesterday that Tulane winning out may not be enough. The reason why I'm so like strongly like convicted in that is because of what the polls say right now, because of what the college football committee is saying right now. Like the, the CFP committee is saying right now, Tulane is the top G5 team in the country. Them continuing to win, like it's only going to help that. Now, obviously here, well, from the time of me recording this, it'll be hours, but by the time you're watching this, it may have already happened. We're going to see what the committee says tonight, but I don't imagine that anyone, any G5 is going to leapfrog Tulane as that spot. Now, could Tulane drop possibly because of how close they've been playing these games the last several weeks? Maybe, but they're going to be the top ranked G5 from my, I believe. Uh, but I guess that's what we'll have to see tonight. But if the committee continues to, 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 to rank them as the number one G5 team 
all they need to do is keep winning. And if they win out, I say that like it's just, oh, it's a gimme. It's not. But if they, if they do, they're in. But let me know your thoughts on that. Let's see what the CFP committee says tonight. If you're going to be watching some hoops, let me know. How are we feeling if you're an SMU fan about this matchup with A&M uh, basketball-wise? And, um, yeah, and yeah, and you Memphis fans, talk to me. How are y'all getting snubbed like that? What are the thoughts here? They should be in the top 25 right now. But that's it for me today. Thank you for watching another episode of the College Underdogs Podcast. And as I said at the top of the show, should have some exciting news coming for you, uh, hopefully sooner than later. That's it for me today. See you all tomorrow. Trey Smith signing off.